Hello and welcome to the I'm Walking Here podcast. Come and listen to some idiots talk about sports and give their takes for a while. Welcome to another episode of I'm Walking Here. I'm your resident master, as always, Ian Cusick. Joining my good friend, as always, the New Yorker, Bryce Olds. Bryce, how you doing tonight? Doing all right, all things considered. Hashtag pray for Ian Cusick. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, uh, I tested positive for COVID on Tuesday. No, um, no. Um, what? Yeah, so it finally caught up to me. <laughs> Got tracked down. Do you not know that video? What video? So guys, I just tested positive for COVID nineteen. No, no. I've never once. No. That. I'll send it to you. It is is hilarious. Wait, I, I could play on. And yeah, so guys, I tested positive for COVID nineteen. No, no. <laughs> what? It is oh hilarious. God. Oh boy! Uh, if I do ever test positive for COVID nineteen, I will just post that video as my response. No context, just that's the video. <laughs> well, I mean, what context do I need? It I says guess everything I guess you I don't really to. need any context in that case, but but uh, yeah, I I caught the Rona. It it kind of sucks, but from what I've heard, it could be a lot worse. So. uh I guess I can't really say too much about that. Um, in all honesty, aside from like the really bad headache I had yesterday, it just really feels like bad allergies. And most of my symptoms, I was able to just have cough drops and they were mitigated for the most part. So very lucky. I I consider myself pretty lucky. <laughs> not the, um, the luckiest man on the face of the earth. No, not quite there yet. I'm not quite Lou Gehrig, but he wasn't really lucky either. We're being completely honest. Uh, you know, from a certain point of view, something that did happen to him had a very small chance of happening. So you could say it was lucky, just not in the way you'd want to be lucky. It's bad. It's bad luck. Very. Um, Speaking of bad luck, we have some uh, upsets to talk about. Yes, we did do. I just, did I just really segue Lou Gehrig into... <laughs> Never mind. Poor um, taste, but well done. I listen. <laughs> you didn't give me much else to do there. I, I, I was kind of banging on the border. Just... Fuck it. Hey, listen. I was. I, if you're not serving in tennis, you can only send back what you're served. So that's what I did. I, I guess. But no number one seeded upsets this year. Yeah, we can only be, we can be blessed with Virginia's, you know, once in a lifetime. Yeah, I was really counting on Drexler, but unfortunately that did not happen. I was thinking uh, Hartford could really get the job done against Baylor. No. Came up a little short. <laughs> Drexler came up very short. I think they lost by like fucking 30. They lost um, by 39. Oh no, they lost by 29. That's bad. Yeah, not great. 
But the big time upsets, obviously, Oral Roberts, who is now in the Sweet 16. As we all predicted. As everyone saw it coming. Um, and then we had Oregon State with a big I mean that's not the you know, twelve five is not the biggest upset, but they won by like fourteen. So that is pretty significant. Um they're also going to Sweet Sixteen. Well, they they're not going. They're there currently. Uh, North Texas, first tournament win in school history. Grants to them. I think they're already out of the tournament. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure they lost in the round of 32. Um, and that's really it for the big upsets. I mean, obviously, Rutgers beat Clemson, QS beat San Diego State, well, but 10-7, 11-6 aren't. Abilene Christian beat Texas. Oh, the, I was going to get to that. That was the first night. I was talking the first night. The second oh. night, we did have Abilene, Tex- Abilene beat Texas. Um, Oregon VCU wasn't an upset, but very poor handling of um, COVID by the NCAA and VCU. Um, uh, Ohio beat Virginia, which is crazy. Um, Grand Canyon University didn't beat Iowa, but goddamn, I still can't believe that's an actual team. Uh, and other than that, the second day was really defined by Abilene Christian. So that was really it. And then in the round of 32, we had Loyola upset Illinois by a lot, which is a huge statement win. Yeah, that game, that was just... It honestly wasn't even close. I know Loyola won by 13, but Illinois just looked flat from the start. And frankly... They should have lost by more. But uh, props to Loyola. They just, you know, they showed up. Really just beat the hell out of Illinois. Loyola is becoming one of those uh, very scary tournament team schools. Because obviously a couple years ago they had the Final Four run. Yep. They're they're like one of those schools that like memed themselves into relevancy, but like they actually were good enough to back it up. Yeah, like, his UMBC, obviously, everyone was like, ha-ha, they beat the one seed, but, like, Loyola actually is pretty like solid. UCF football, they had, that, they had, like, you know, their little shine, but obviously they faded into obscurity. <laughs> they had their one shining moment. But uh, Loyola Chicago, I mean, back in the Sweet no? 16. I can't believe that didn't get a laugh. I, I'm going to be honest, I didn't really pick up on what you said. One shining moment. Oh, that that went that went over my head. Um, Oral Roberts again upset Florida. We already discussed that. Oral Roberts on a fucking tear in Oregon State as well. Big upset of Oklahoma State. Um, and then the next day for round of thirty-two, um, nothing too crazy happened. Syracuse really over West Virginia. That wasn't. Yeah, I mean. That's, That's an true. 11 over 3. That is an 11 over 3. Cuse did beat West Virginia. So that one is more impressive. Um, and then, honestly, the only big upset the next day was Oregon beating Iowa. Iowa looked dreadful. I mean, that was surprising. 15-point loss to a 7 seed is brutal. That is brutal. 
Um, and now we're on to the Sweet 16. Um, so matchup number one is Oregon State versus Loyola. Loyola's favored by six and a half. I like Loyola, definitely. I'm thinking Loyola as well. They're just on a tear right now. Not that Oregon State isn't, but like Loyola Chicago, they're just playing out of their mind. Uh, second matchup, we have Villanova taking on Baylor. Baylor's favorite by seven. I like Baylor. Baylor's mm-hmm. strong. Obviously, Villanova is, you know, always a threat to um, go really deep in tournaments, but this Baylor team is very, it's very Baylor. impressive. Yeah. Um, matchup three, we have Arkansas taking on Oral Roberts. I think this is where Oral Roberts' joyride uh, comes to an end. I like Arkansas. They're favored by 11.5. I don't know if they'll win by 11 and, you know, or 12, but I think they do beat Oral Roberts. Um, yeah, thanks for showing up, Oral Roberts. Thanks for the memes. But, uh, I mean, Arkansas, as badly as I'd love to see Arkansas lose, because I had Texas Tech in the, in the natty, so them beating him in the second round like that was kind of cringe. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I got, I got Arkansas uh, winning this game. And then the last matchup of the first night is Houston versus Syracuse. Houston by six. I'm going to stick with my chalk here on the higher seeds. I think Houston wins this game. Yeah, I mean, hey, shout out to my roommate, Matt. He picked Syracuse to win the national championship for some reason. Um, so, you know, that would be kind of funny if that happened. But, um, yeah, no. no. Houston, Houston probably. Houston, I mean, this is definitely the best team Syracuse is going at. Uh, West Virginia was solid, but they barely got by West Virginia. And Houston is a better team than West Virginia. So I do think... They will be meeting their maker against Houston. Now, for the second day games, we have the first matchup is Gonzaga and Crichton. Gonzaga favored by 13. I'm going to take that because Gonzaga looks like they are about to rip through anybody. Like, they are just, they're deadly, man. Yeah. And I didn't. I didn't think they looked this good, but they absolutely destroyed Oklahoma. Norfolk State, they almost beat them by like, I mean, they beat them by over 40. Pretty sure they won by like 43 or something like that, which. In a a tournament is ridiculous. Like, I mean, I I can easily see Gonzaga winning the tournament at this point. They look phenomenal. I think they'd be Crichton for these. Yeah, I mean, I don't think anyone's taking Creighton over him right now. Frankly, it's it's Gonzaga. We knew Gonzaga was going to be nice going into this. They they just look really nice. So what what else can you really say about them? Game two of Sunday's games is Michigan Florida State. Michigan favored by two. I got to say, this is the toughest Sweet 16 game. I was going to say, like, generally, most of these look like fairly easy ones to pick the favorites for, at least in the first day, I think it is. This matchup right here, I could very well see Florida State upsetting Michigan because they have been looking very solid as a four seed. I mean, four beating a one 
it's not, not a huge upset, but Florida State's been looking incredibly solid. They looked good against UNC Greensboro. They looked good against Colorado. Michigan, good, not great. Granted, they have played um, slightly tougher competition, I guess, but well, I don't know uh, I mean, slightly tougher, but... LSU was a pretty tough team. Uh, I, I was impressed that they handled LSU like that. Uh, and I, I just, I don't know. I think out of the one seeds left, they're the weakest. But, I mean, they're still a one seed. I do think Michigan beats Florida State. I think this will be a tough game. I think it'll be very close. But I do think Michigan pulls it out in the end. For the third game... We have Alabama versus UCLA. Um, I, I Alabama's favored by six and a half. I like that. I think Alabama is a very strong team. They've looked great. Um, they have, I mean, they tore through their first two games. They crushed Maryland and they handed Iona a pretty good beating. So I'm impressed with Alabama. I think they have a not the easiest time against UCLA. UCLA isn't easy, but I think they will beat UCLA. Yeah, I agree. Alabama should win this one. UCLA, mm-hmm. they haven't exactly had the toughest road to the Sweet 16. I'd say of all the teams in the Sweet 16, this has been one of the easier ones. Um, Yeah, I mean, obviously you had... Uh... You you do have the Arkansas Sweet Sixteen path. Well, I mean, they barely scraped by Texas Tech, and now they get um, to play a lower seed than the, what they did in the first round. So, I mean, so Arkansas beat Colgate, which I mean that beat, that's fair. Yeah, that's their first round. Beat a toothpaste matchup. brand, good for you. And now they play another toothpaste brand. Bullshit. It's a Mickey Mouse Sweet Sixteen for Arkansas. <laughs> Very clean teeth, sweet sixteen. Huh. Um. Um. Yeah, I mean, I was surprised that they. I did have. Obviously, I had Texas Tech winning that game. Texas Tech is just such a good team defensively that I figured it was going to be tough for any team to beat them. And to their credit, they made it very difficult for Arkansas. It came down to the you know the last seconds. But I wouldn't say that Arkansas had an. Arkansas, you might say, if they make it to the Elite Eight. They might have had the easiest road to the Elite Eight, depending on who else makes it. But um, I don't know. Honestly, right now, I think UCLA, I mean, they beat up on BYU, um, which was... Well, long. the thing is, the thing is with Arkansas, if they win this game, they're playing Baylor or Villanova. Neither of those games will be easy. No. And that's why it's going to be... They're probably not... They might make the Final Four with that, but it's going to be... It's not going to be an easy... Final Four when you have to play Baylor or Villanova in the next round. I mean, yeah, I you have to play a very tough school. I mean, they struggle with Texas Tech, and they are a tough team, but if if they're going to struggle with Texas Tech, I don't know if they're going to beat Nova or Baylor. Um, The last game of Sunday night, a classic Pac-12 matchup, USC versus Oregon. Oregon um, coming off the win against Iowa. Not even have to play uh, a first-round game because of COVID. USC is favored by two. They have been very hot. However, I honestly like Oregon in this game. Yeah, I think Oregon... You go first. 
Sorry. Well, this is the only uh, lower seed I'm taking over a, over a higher seed, and it's 6-7. So, you know, not great, but I, I think Oregon wins this one. Um, yeah, I mean, I want first off, I want to just say this. I want this to be a true Pac-12 matchup where there's no defense played whatsoever. You know, it, the first true Pac-12 matchup of the tournament, you got to honor it with no defense. That's just how you do it. But And uh, what's his name on the mic? Oh, yeah, I know who you're referring to, but what, what's his name? Bill Walton. Is that who is that who we're thinking of? I might be. But whoever that is, we need him on the mic. <laughs> but um Yeah, I mean, both these teams have been looking fairly solid throughout the tournament. Um USC obviously did just come off a of battering of Kansas, which that was surprising. I mean, uh, Oregon came off a battering of Oregon came off a battering of Iowa, who was a two, and they didn't even play in the first round. So I think that beat, is yes, that's that's true. But I mean, they beat Kansas by thirty four. Yeah, Kansas. I mean, Kansas. I mean, I know they were a three, but they, they were honestly kind of a weak three. I don't. I didn't consider them to be very like insane or anything. Uh, but a 34-point win over them, that is very, very impressive. I I do have to take into account that a 15-point win over Iowa off of no playing at all is also very impressive. Yeah, that's true. I um, disagree. Um, I think either way, um, this is going to be another very tough game. Uh, I don't see a very clear winner here, but I'm going to go with Oregon. Um. I don't know. For the sake of argument, I think I'll just go USC. But again, I can see this going it's either not, way. It's not irrational. It's really not. You know, we'll be we will be back with the lead eight and uh, sweet sixteen talk next week as well. Um, it's been an interesting tournament. All right. So today we are recording on the twenty fifth because. Well, you know, who knows how I'll be feeling on Friday, so we wanted to make sure that when I was feeling all right, we could talk about the trade deadline. And, um, yeah, it was pretty, it wasn't disappointing per se, because it's not like that many big names were rumored to be going around anyways. But Uh, Yeah, I mean, truth be told, it was a very mid-tier deadline. Um, it's not like there was any. It, is it me or does it really not feel like the mm-hmm. NBA trade deadline? I mean, how often do they make like a big move at the deadline? There like are every- some times. Uh, it's rare. It's rarer than any other sport. I think. Uh, I feel like baseball happens all the time. Baseball. I remember two summers ago, I was at work and like I was just getting to my car, and I saw that Zach Granke got traded to the Astros. That was insane. Was like, I remember that. I remember the pain I felt right there. <laughs> and then they proceeded to lose in the World Series. So it was like, this works. Yeah. I mean, I like Zach Greinke. I, frankly, if it was to any other team, it was like, all right, but 
would have been fine. Well, maybe not any other team, but <laughs> I remember. I remember the pain I felt. Um, so the big moves I would say we have. Um, well, there's not a lot. Um, the Celtics traded. The Celtics picked up Mo Wagner for Thice, and they got Evan Fournier for two second rounders. Um, I don't. I mean, I like we've said a lot about Thice. We've said he's a great backup center. I'm not a hundred percent sure uh, the long term move on trading Thice, especially for Mo Wagner. But um, I, I just I don't know if I really get it. I mean, you, you trade Thice for someone who's Worse. For taller, worse Tice, really. Yeah, he is worse. Yeah, Mo I mean, Wagner is not a very good player. I uh, I mean, great. You get a guy who our starting center, I guess, is now going to be 6'11 instead of 6'8. Great, but... Still not good. I'd almost rather have Tice starting than Wagner. Um. So unless you think Robert Williams is ready to start, which... It's probably the is. answer. Yeah, that's I would think that's our best choice right now. And if Wagner comes off the bench for minutes, it's like, whatever. If we have him, you know, starting at the four or something, I don't know. But um, I just I don't really know if I I I don't know how I feel about that trade to be honest. Um, Fournier for two second rounders was pretty nice. I will say it's a good, um, it's great bench option. Great score. Um, I don't have an issue with us getting Fournier, but my only question is, are we really going to use the majority of this trade exception on a bench player? That was a bad decision. Um, using the trade exception on him. That was, I don't know why they did that, but. Because his salary is seven. Well, they also uh, they they sent Teague in the deal, I believe. Yeah, um, Jeff Teague and Javante Green are also gone, so cool. Jeff Teague fucking stinks. So Jeff Teague was really rough this year. I'm totally fine with letting him go. I don't know. I mean, I'm just wondering. How... I, I want to go to the trade that the Magic made earlier with the Bulls, where they traded Vucevic. Yes, Vucevic. Otto Porter Jr., Wendell Carter Jr., two firsts. I mean, that's what we were trying to give for Aaron Gordon. And Aaron Gordon also did end up getting moved. He did, yeah, and we'll get to that. Um, I mean, we need a big, and instead of, you know, I'm fine with shelling out two firsts for Vucevic. I'm fine with giving up Romeo Langford and fucking... I, I'll give up Neesmith. I know we just drafted him, but I'll I'll deal him like that if it means we get someone like Vucevic, who's a proven big, which this team needs. Yeah, like Mo Wagner is not a proven big that's going to take this team to the next level. Vucevic, I don't really know. Yeah, Vucevic would have instantly made a huge difference. Um, I'm not. I, I I don't really understand the uh, the mindset of like shelling out for. Fournier and uh, and Mo Wagner instead of going for Vucevic. I know they they attempted. Danny Ainge uh, was very close to getting uh, Aaron Gordon, 
But even Aaron Gordon wouldn't have solved the problems. I mean, he's not big enough. No, I mean, Vucevic should have been our prime target because that's, that's what our team needs. Like, as nice as Evan Fournier is going to be, he'll give us, you know, probably some bench scoring. Um, I don't know, can, can Fournier run the one, or is he more of a two? No, I wouldn't trust him making plays like that as a one. He's definitely more of an off-ball kind of player. Right, so he'll give some good backup minutes for Jalen Brown. I mean, well, they might start him. I don't know. I mean, I, I what do you move Brown to the three or something? And then I don't know. They probably would run Kemba, Foynier, Brown, Tatum, and Williams, Wagner, whoever they want to throw down there at the five. That is possible. I could see that. I don't know. I mean, that's going to be weird, but I guess you could make it work. Uh, other other trades we have. Um, what else we got? We got uh. Well, we got the Clippers. Uh, I I gotta ask Clippers, what the fuck are you doing? I don't really know why they trade for Rondo. That didn't make they a lot trade, of sense to me. They traded Lou Will and two seconds to the Hawks for thirty eight year old Rajon Rondo. Yeah, I, I'm not feeling that one. To be honest with you, I don't really. I'm not. I'm not seeing the vision. Uh, hang on, I, I I gotta I gotta see what what's what's the average. What's Lou Will averaging this season? Lou Will is averaging fourteen, uh, two and three this season, while Rondo's averaging three point nine, three point five, and two. I I, I'm just know. the math really just isn't adding up here. I can't really say veteran leadership because both of them are old. Um, so I don't really know. I'm not, not seeing that. that it's not even like the Hawks were going after Lou Williams. Because the the Clippers, they gave up two seconds to acquire Rajon Rondo. I, I just... I, I do not understand. No, I don't know. I'll not see the vision. Not one bit. Um... We have uh, Powell going to the Blazers for uh, Gary Trent and Rodney Hood. Very interesting, honestly. Powell is a very underrated player. Um, and I guess the Raptors really like the potential of Gary Trent, which I could understand. And um, I think the big deal, honestly, I think the deal is impactful in the long run is Aaron Gordon to the Nuggets. Um, really, really interesting to give up Gary Harris and Archie Hampton. Um, it, it's really interesting to see how Aaron Gordon is going to fit in on a, a a legitimate contender like the Nuggets. I think this move will help them. It's an interesting team, and um, I so I was talking with uh one of my teammates who's in the COVID wing with me, and we were talking about this uh deal. This Nuggets team, it not only got better, but like this team is super young too, so it has the potential to really do some serious damage. Yeah, uh, it's kind of a unique 25. opportunity for this team that not a lot of teams get, where they get a lot of solid players that are super young. So I'm very intrigued to see what the Nuggets got going on this postseason. 
Uh, and the last deal would be the Rockets trading Oladipo to the Heat for Avery Bradley and Kenny Olenek and a 2022 first-round swap. So, I mean, obviously, the jokes are flying on the Rockets. You know, they turned James Harden to a couple pick swaps, a couple picks, and uh, Kelly Olenek and Avery Bradley, who Avery Bradley won't. Uh, they won't be Avery Brady is not going to be playing for them. They're going to buy him out most likely. Um, I don't know. The Rockets are clearly rebuilding. I mean, I mean, at least they're stockpiling picks. Yeah, this team's gonna. It's they're going to be in the doghouse for a while, but they're going to be in the gutters for a very long time. Um. And I mean, I I remember back, you know, a few years ago, every Heat fan was was doing the Oladipo photoshops about, um, you know, they're going to do a photoshop on the Heat jerseys. I don't know um, if there's any rational fans left that think Oladipo was still good. He's really not. He's been very, very, uh, I mean, at least this season, very poor. Um. So I don't know what the mindset is on Oladipo, but I don't know. I don't think he's going to save that Heat team. Kind of a mess right now. I mean, yeah, the Heat, it's... uh, In theory, this Heat team should be a lot better than they are. Just like how Oladipo, in theory, should be playing a lot better than he has been. So maybe a change of scenery is going to be nice to him. It'll be nice for both of them. But, um... I don't know. I mean, I... I guess you could chalk some of it up to the fact that he has literally no supporting cast in Houston right now that's, like, going to do him anything. But, um... He's been rough in Houston, so... It's, uh... It's a, it was a pretty weak deadline. Nothing really happened. No Aldridge deal. Uh, we'll see where he goes because he was bought out. He'll sign at um, about 3 a.m. Saturday morning. Probably. Oh, that just reminded me. We missed out on NFL free agents because um, Saturday we had, I don't remember, the only one I remember from Saturday that was a big deal was Kenny Galladay signing with the Giants. Oh, yeah. How are you feeling about that? Um. Well, honestly, I had a very firm belief that he was the best receiver on the market. Um, up there with uh, what's his name? Why can't I remember? Curtis Samuel. Yes, with Curtis Samuel. Um. So I'm very happy. I'm very happy with honestly the deal was good. I don't think we overpaid for him. Um, and all last season he was barely on the field most of the year, but. Uh, that year was really like the only year of his career that I would say was like very injury riddled. I don't think that's a very consistent thing for him. Uh, the Giants also uh, signed Kyle Rudolph, which I mean, I'm indifferent. I don't think that's a big deal or anything. Kind of harmless. I mean, yeah, there's really no harm to getting. Uh getting him it's not like it's not like your team got any worse by signing Kyle Rudolph it's just like 
Now you have a good tight end that's really good for red zone situations. Not really a great blocker or anything, but like, you know, he is a little older, but he can still run routes. He can still catch the ball. I like the signing. Um, other than that, I don't remember any like big deals. Um, AJ Green went to the Cardinals. We might have talked about that. I don't think we did actually. That's now also not the biggest deal. Oh, the Giants again also splashed on Dory Jackson. Three years, yeah. $39 million. I honestly like that. I, I know that better than to call this an overpay because I did the exact same thing with Bradbury last year, and he made me eat Bradbury. Grow, but... Bradbury was one of the best corners in the NFL last year. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, Adore Jackson, he's a fine corner. I think I think 339 was a bit of an overpay for him, but... It's not egregious. I mean, maybe I, it could have yeah. been a little cheaper, but I don't think... I wouldn't call that egregious. I think Adore's all right. Yeah, it's whatever, and... I think that's a bit much to be paying your CB2, but... Honestly, not in this league. Um, and in this division, to have a Dory Jackson and CB2 with the absolute disaster QB situations going on right now in the NFC East, really not that bad. I get, you know, that's a, that's a fair point. I'm not, I'm not going to argue that. Because we're going to be true. playing, uh, I mean, Jalen Hurts, Ryan Fitzpatrick, and Dak. That's a very hit or miss. Yeah, it's it's very. All three of them have great upside potential and very bad downside potential. So, um, I you know I I honestly those are like the only huge deals. Um, but I'm honestly very happy with these moves. I like Adori. I like I definitely like Kenny Dolliday. I think it'd be insane. To not like Kenny Galladay. Um, so who knows? The Giants, you know, they're looking on. I, it's very, it's literally anyone's division. I think any team in that division could win the division next year. Um, I, if I had to guess it, I would say it would, the Cowboys would be winning that division next year, but I think it really is anyone's division. It's very weak. Way, it, it's a very weak division, but I think the way I see it right now, Depending on how the QB situation pans out in Washington, I think the division really comes down to that because I think Washington is the most complete team in the NFC. I mean, the problem is they need a QB because Fitzpatrick's, I mean, he might be okay, but he's not going to be the answer. And this I, a year, they can't really go after a top QB because they made the playoffs. So I don't really know what they're going to do. It really comes down to if it, either Fitzpatrick's going to. You know, we're gonna see seventeen weeks of Fitz Magic, or or we see him splurge on some, or not splurge on someone, but uh, we just see him, you know, draft someone later on, who turns out to just be an absolute gem. If they, if either of those happen, I think Washington wins the division easily. But given how much of a crapshoot that team is traditionally, I could very well see Dallas just winning as long as Dak stays healthy. Um, I think that I think the division really does come down to if Dak stays healthy because that Cowboy team. Uh the reality is that offense is crazy, and the offense was going crazy. Um, when Dak was healthy last year, Dak was on a fucking mission. 
Dak was playing the best football of his career uh, before he got hurt. So I think it is going to come down to that. Obviously, the Cowboys as a whole team, like none of these NFC East teams are built to win a playoff game. But winning the division does get you to a playoff game. And the truth is somebody has to win the division. Yeah, technically someone does have to win the division every year. So so one of these teams is going to be in the fucking playoffs, whether we like it or not. And to be fair, Washington did put up a solid performance in their playoff they, game. They gave Tampa Bay the most trouble, I think. Yeah, really, out of any out of any team Tampa Bay played, that was their toughest game, and they won the Super Bowl. So I, I think there is something to be said about that. I think that's just more of a testament to how good of a defense they had. And offensively, they got, they got a lot better. So They did get better. They added Samuel. Um, if, if, you know, say what you will about Fitzpatrick. He is an upgrade over Haskins and Heineke. Yeah, I, maybe. I think it's a little early to say anything like that about Heineke. We don't really know shit about him, but he probably is an upgrade. Heineke was moving. Like, he wasn't passing that great, but he was moving, though. Could be I mean, a gimmicky yeah. kind, of th- kind of player. It could be like the good kind of gimmicky, not like the Taysom Hill kind of gimmicky where it's like very predictable. Taysom Hill is not good. I don't care what his contract says. I kind of wish the Saints were paying him $140 million over the next four years, but they did, some, dumb, they did some stupid bo- bullshit with voided years and everything like that. And they're definitely going to void years after this year. So I like how they can just... Uh, say that, yeah, these these uh, years, they just don't count, but we're going to say <laughs> they do anyways, just so we can have salary cap help. I've never like, seen no other a, No other sport does that. I've never seen a contract um, have, like, non-guaranteed years. It's interesting. Well, I mean, there's, like, you know, player and team options and everything that, like, yes, those aren't guaranteed still... technically. I mean, technically, well, if they're player guaranteed, like if it's a player option, then I mean, most of the time they do take it. But I guess with team, then they're not. Well, I mean, like, I guess it kind of it really depends more on the sport in that case. Because I mean, like baseball, they turn down player options all the time if free agency is supposed to be like lucrative. Well, yeah, because that's because the MLB hates its talent and you know puts it through arbitration and shit. Which yeah, that doesn't make sense either. But so I think MLB players are. I mean, they're <laughs> the MLB designed it so they're more inclined to stay with their team. But actually, the opposite, the opposite happens. Where they're, yeah, they're more inclined to leave because now they have the choice. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, most rookie deals, you know, they do lock you in for, especially if you're a high pick, they lock you in for a few years out. At least. Um, except if you play 2K where you have a one-year deal as like a top five overall pick. Seriously, that's how that works in 2K? Yeah, my career, you always you always have free agency after your first season. That's so weird. At least the ones I remember. I haven't played 2K in a couple of years, but shit. 
Uh, every 2K I played, you went into free agency after your first season. Actually, except 16. You didn't in 16. Um, but 15, you did. Actually, 15, you were undrafted rookie. So you technically started with free agency. Ah. Um, 17, you had free agency, I believe, after your first year. Um, 18 and 19, I also believe you did, too. It was very... It's weird. 2K did it weird. <laughs> yeah, it's always weird because, like, Madden, you always get a four-year deal when you get drafted. NHL, you always get a three-year deal. And I don't know how it works in MLB, but... Oh, the sad thing about MLB is it's the most realistic, which makes it terrible, which makes it absolutely unplayable. Same team for seven years. Oh no, 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 no! You have to play in the minors for a really long time. Well, yeah, I know you. I know you had to play in the minors before the service time starts. If you, if you play, no, like you are in the minors for a long fucking time. Like if you're a position player in the show, you might spend a solid season and a half in the minors. At least well, based I mean, on you, the old MLBs. When you think about, like, in the MLB now, you spend at least three or four years in the minors. Yes, okay, drafted. yes, yes, but that doesn't but make that good gameplay. No, it would make for an awful gameplay, which is why I'm Yeah, but that's what, the, which is, which is what they do. No, playing a season in the minors is bad gameplay. Playing in the minors at all is bad game. I mean, I know you should spend some time in the minors. Like, that's realistic. Yeah, I don't, I don't think like, spending a season in the minors could be that bad. As If you make a pitcher... And you pitch really well. It goes a lot quicker. You're out of there in under a season from what I've experienced. Um, but position player, you're in the minors for a while. And it's not, it's random. It's random when you get called up. I've had amazing minor seasons. I feel like I've spent like three years down there before. And I was like putting up fucking Barry Bonds numbers. Like it's painful, man. The show really puts you through that pain. Which is why Road to the Show is the worst, like, creative player in sports games. I mean, I'll get to try it out in about a month, so I guess I'll have an opinion. I'll get to have an opinion about that. But uh... it it has the war. I would say it has the worst uh, created player. Uh, its franchise is it's okay. Like it's it's average. It's not good or bad. It's just it, it sure exists. Um, you could probably have some fun with it if you try, but it does have by far the best um ultimate team. Yeah, um, I've heard that. Uh, the well, obviously, I've I know the Diamond Dynasty is just super fun. It's better than the only issue is that all the normal games are nine innings. Um, yeah, but don't the games go by like a lot faster usually? It depends. That that definitely depends. Not all games are fast. Not all games are slow either. I see. Um, it it really yeah. It, it all depends. Diamond Dynasty is better than any Ultimate Team by far. Madden's is a fucking disaster. It's um, it's egregious how bad Madden Ultimate Team is. Two Ks is laughable. Two Ks was never good. Two Ks used to be better. I used to play in like in the early days, but nowadays, like I can't even imagine. I, I literally could not imagine somebody playing Ultimate Team. It's called my team on Two K, but right. Um, I couldn't even imagine somebody playing that shit. FIFA's is bad just because FIFA's a horrible game. Like just by default, the the, the game's just bad. So 
the ultimate team obviously is going to suffer because the game's bad. Um, and Madden, obviously I said Madden, but you know Madden is complete fucking shit show. Madden's a disgrace. Yeah, yeah, I got, I got no desire to play Madden anytime soon. I'm honestly, my mental only, health has gotten significantly better since I stopped playing Madden. <laughs> the only sports game um, I've, t- I have this FIFA, but I don't plan on buying another FIFA. Um, but the only sports game I I buy nowadays is the show, and I I might not buy another show after this. It depends. They really I know you don't like hockey. Oh. <laughs> yeah, no, I get that. I know you don't like hockey, but NHL has always been consistently super fun for me. I, I hear NHL isn't bad. Like when it comes to EA sports games, I'd consider. Is probably their best. NHL to probably be their most consistent and best product. I mean, now if they kept doing MVP baseball, that might be different. But MVP baseball, I watched some gameplay of RBI baseball the other day, and oh my <laughs> Jesus, dude! If MLB the Show on Xbox plays like RBI baseball, I might. No, just I'm sure it won't. I'm sure. I, it won't. I hope it won't. But if it does, I'm I'm ending it all. This is a promise. I can't see San Diego Studios. Off shipping their game to someone else or a different console. It just doesn't seem like them, but maybe I don't know. I can't see that happening. I think it'll be safe. San Diego Studios isn't that bad. It's not like Treyarch. Remember what Treyarch did to BO3 on the oh my god <laughs> on the old consoles? Jesus. Oh my Christ. god, that was a nightmare. That was hilarious. I mean, thankfully, though. I never played it, but that just it looked bad. It was horrendous. <laughs> But yeah, it shouldn't be so bad. The show, I will say, even though I might not buy another one after 21, I will say it's probably the best sport game on the market, in my opinion. I I certainly hope so. It's mid. Like, it's a very mid-game, but sports games are in a fucking dark age right now. And then we'll have NCAA 22, I believe, so next year. Uh, which will probably, unfortunately, be a bad game <laughs> because EA is making it. So uh, I'll buy one of those at least. I don't know how they're going to do Ultimate Team though. If uh... oh, they're gonna trust me, they'll make I... money somehow. I don't. I don't know how that works usually. So I guess we'll have to. Uh... I guess we'll have to find Let's out. See. That's that is the unfortunate part of NCAA 14's nostalgia is that was before. Um... EA was like that was before they committed to being extremely greedy so it didn't have like an egregious ultimate team or anything but I think they then, did have ultimate team in that they did but like it wasn't you know the blood sucking you know money vacuum that it is today like they at least tried to hide it back then like or they were it was early stages of ultimate team back then Right. Now it's now it might be a, it might be a disaster over there. We'll see. As long as Dynasty's good. Yeah, if Dynasty's good, all I can ask for. But I think we can wrap it up there. Yeah, all right. Uh that's going to do it for episode 137 of I'm Walking Here. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at IWH Podcast. You can follow myself on Twitter at ENMQSIC. That's spelled C U S I C K. 
You can follow Bryce on Twitter at It's Brizz, I-T-S-B-R-I-Z-Z. Thank you for listening, and have a great day.